Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Last night, before I kind of went to bed, I, I kind of was sitting there thinking about Ireland and, and what's happening in this country. And I decided to have a wee rant, you know. And um, I did that on Twitter, and I'm going to read it out to you. And I don't know whether you agree with me or not. You might not agree with me, and some of you will. I said it's both shocking and sad that 878 of the 1,606 people who have lost their lives to debt uh, to date in this country were in nursing homes. Uh, the question is, of the remaining 728 souls, how many actually died from COVID-19? And what percentage died from other illnesses and just had tested positive or had suspected COVID-19? All of these lives were valuable and have left friends and family grieving. But it's important that we establish how figures have been used to justify restrictions, including postponing tens of thousands of cancer screening tests, so we can qualify the secondary deaths, or quantify, should I say, the secondary deaths from COVID-19. Not only will the restrictions cause deaths by lack of early diagnosis of all health problems, but deaths from isolation, despair, poverty, increased alcohol and food consumption, and many other factors will decrease long-term mortality for many people people. There needs to be a full independent investigation, and I mean that, to find out why nursing homes were hit so hard by the virus and why we didn't focus on them from day one. It seems we focused on the whole population, most of whom were never actually at risk at all and abandoned the elderly and the vulnerable. We were one of the last countries in Europe to experience COVID-19. So the words unprecedented and unchartered don't work, as we knew from the experience of other countries that nursing homes and elderly were at risk, but we waited until it was too late to actually focus on them. The state reopened nursing homes to visitors after some homes had had the good sense to stop visiting in the first place to avoid the spread. We cancelled testing and tracing for the risk for the at-risk elderly in the early days, but tested young, healthy people with very mild symptoms. And the government are now suggesting they saved tens of thousands of lives using the same incorrect data they used when they predicted tens of thousands would die nine weeks ago. In fact, other countries with less or no restrictions at all have had exactly the same reduction in infections uh, and debt rates. How long will the backslapping last when tens of thousands of lives are destroyed by unemployment, despair, poverty and destitution? When cancer victims are told next year, we're sorry, your cancer or your heart disease is past the point of treatment because you didn't get early diagnosis last year. Will we now protect the elderly, the people at risk, open cancer screening, open our GP's offices and our hospitals properly so we can look after ourselves? Are we going to continue to destroy the country by keeping businesses closed while evidence clearly shows there's little or no risk in the community? Now go onto my Twitter account and give that a good spread, okay? It's Niall Boylan or the Niall Boylan Show. If you search it on Twitter, you'll find it. It's about five or six tweets down. Give it a good spread because I believe that. And I believe that our government have now made this political because we now have a government, almost have a government, that you didn't vote for. And nobody's really noticing that because everything is going on in the background. The Green Party look like, look like, look like a, it's likely they're going to go into power with Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil. A party you didn't vote for. You voted for some of their candidates, few of them, but they got very little of the overall vote. They're going to go into power. Where is democracy? Sinn Féin, who I'm not a huge fan of. I like Mary Lou. I'm not a huge fan of their policies, but I have to say of late, I've noticed a change in Sinn Féin. And Sinn Féin, we voted democratically for change. 
they got a large percentage of the vote. 25% of the population voted for Sinn Féin. They didn't get enough seats, obviously, to get a majority. And they're not even getting a look in. If anything at all, there should be a second election. There would have been a second election if it had been for, you know, if it hadn't been for COVID-19. And secondly, if it wasn't a second election, it should have been a government of Sinn Féin, Fine Gael, Fine Gael and Fine Fáil. And that would have been what people voted for. We have a Taoiseach who hasn't been elected as a Taoiseach, who was never elected as a Taoiseach and barely scraped through in the last election. And he's still the Taoiseach. And he's going to reg- regain his position as a Taoiseach with Michal Martin, most likely. A person that you didn't vote for. But the only reason that we're kind of letting it slide at the moment is because we're worried and we're concerned about a virus, which is now seems to be dissipating around the world, thankfully. But we need to focus again on all the other things, all those other things that happened before the virus. Do you remember that? It was only nine weeks ago, but it seems like it was years ago. We had problems in our health care. We now have empty hospitals, practically. We had a homeless crisis. Has that gone away? Is 10, are 10,000 people not in temporary accommodation anymore? Are people not homeless anymore? We had a property crisis. We had a rental crisis. We had all those other things. And they're all still there. And you know what? They're going to be 10 times worse than when all this is over. Because a lot of people are not going to have jobs. And if the government continue to do what they're doing by making Ireland some sort of wonderful, progressive, outlying country by having the toughest restrictions on COVID-19 across Europe, we're going to be the laughing stock. Our economy will be down the toilet. Absolutely. Jobs will be lost forever. Because this idea of restrictions, and I'm going to come to Tig in a second in relation to Michael O'Leary and what he said this morning about restriction, uh, restrictions and flying, that's 3,000 jobs gone in Ryanair according to Michael O'Leary. Aer Lingus equally will let as many people go if they can't fly enough planes. If we continue to scare the living shit out of people and tell them they shouldn't be on planes because it's dangerous in some way. Or if we put quarantine, these quarantine rules. Already Spain and most of your holiday hotspots have said that in June and July they will be removing the quarantine because they want people to go on holidays in their country because their countries live off tourism just like Ireland. We're not an independent country. We can't survive without imports, exports and tourism. We need to remove the quarantine. The quarantine is pointless because at some point it has to be removed. Are we going to sit here like a little isolated island for the next three or four years and wait for a magical vaccine to come along? Because it might not happen. So what are we going to do? The chief medical officer himself has already said the community spread has stopped. We only had, what, 59 cases last night and most of those were clusters probably in care homes, sadly. Because we're not doing our job properly, or we never did. The point is, how are we going to continue to operate as a country if we continue with these restrictions? We can't. And even when the phases, the dragged out long phases, which is worse than any other country. I'm looking at the news this morning in the UK. Now, you know the UK has been worse than we have in relation to people that have died. Mind you, if you look at their stats again, all right, healthy people are less likely to die from drowning in, a, in the UK but under the age of 65. Sadly, again, it was nursing homes. Everybody seems to have failed in nursing homes. The majority of people that died in the United Kingdom, again, were in nursing homes. And they have an older population than us. 18% of their population are over the age of 65, only 13% of their population. That's why, logically, they would have had more deaths, the same as Italy and Spain, older populations. So the point is, we need to get the country back up and running. We need to get people back in their jobs so they're not sitting at home miserable, 
so they're not having mental health problems, so they're not getting early cases of cancer, which they're not being diagnosed, so they have money back in their pockets again so they can spend in the economy, so we can all get back to what we did best, which was running a country and having a good country. We're going to go back to something that was far worse than 2010. Far worse. You thought 2010 was bad. You just wait till the shit hits the fan on this one. That's just the start of it. And then two years' time, when people are dying because they didn't go to a doctor, what's going to happen then? Who's going to take responsibility for all this? So I encourage you all, and I'm glad to see some politicians coming out this morning demanding that things open. In the UK, they've just announced that from June the 15th, basically all shops will be open from June the 15th. Uh, they've given a list of all the retail sectors there and basically list them all. Fashion shops, charity shops, chemists, hardware, homeware, betting shops, uh, tailors, dresses, car dealerships, auction houses, antiques, uh, art, art galleries, photographic studios, basically everything from 15th of June. What are we waiting for? August? Something magical is going to happen in August, is it? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And then two metre social distancing. How is that going to work in most businesses? It's never going to work. It's never going to work. It sounds lovely and utopian. And yes, for all those people who are terrified, it sounds lovely and wonderful. It can't work in business. It just can't. Business couldn't make money. People will lose their jobs. If you are an at-risk person or you're elderly and you feel you're at risk or you've diabetes and you feel you're at risk, even though there is no spread according to the CMO in the community, by all means, protect yourself if the government are not going to help to protect you. But there is no reason to lock up the rest of the healthy population. It doesn't make any logical, scientific sense at this stage. And there's no reason to lock up the country. Now, let's get to the first topic, which is exactly about that. Ryanair CEO Michael O'Leary has called for ineffective quarantine measures to be scrapped, adding that he believes Irish people can safely go back flying from July by wearing face masks. And that face mask will probably disappear after a while as well. Now... (sighs) Minister Simon Harris has said it is tricky, legally, to make it mandatory to self-isolate and while admitting that the measures are extraordinary. So he brings in the measures but admitted that they're extraordinary. But anyway, Harris said they are necessary due to a global crisis. All we've got to do is look at countries that are particularly bad. For example, Brazil at the moment is particularly bad. And you restrict flights or you test people coming from those areas. But other countries like the United Kingdom, like Europe, like America... We have higher debt rates than most of those countries, with the exception of the United Kingdom. Per head of population, per million. We have more debt rates than the United States, for example, per million. So we, don't, we shouldn't be restricting countries that are in a similar situation to us. That makes no, absolutely no logical sense. And by the CMO's own admission, going back a while ago, only 3% of infections came uh, into the ports. Only 3%. It's tiny. So is Michael O'Leary right should we remove this quarantine? I know callers have said before, oh no, Noel, I don't want bleeding people coming in from other countries and infecting their population. Close the ports, close the borders. Just in case. You're clearly not thinking of people's jobs, but hey, whatever. I want to know what you think. Do you believe that we should lift the restrictions? Michael Leary did praise the work of the government and the health authorities in terms of suppressing the virus in Ireland, but added that advisors advise and politicians decide, and it's time to decide to get the economy going. And I think he's right. Let me know what you think. The number is 087188 Is it time to remove this ridiculous restrictions we brought in last week? Or maybe you think they're good restrictions. Uh, Tig, you're on Classic Hits. How you doing, Tig? Hey, Niall. First of all, I can't agree more with you. It's absolutely 100% the way you put it there from start to finish, bang on the button, 
you know, I'm not against the government or anything. I know they're in a tough position, but they're all paid a hell of a lot of money to make a hell of a lot better decisions. And they're definitely paid to make decisions and not listen to uh, outside consultants and just, you know, let them make the decisions. Well, the country's being run by medical experts at the moment. Correct, yeah. And they're, they're there to advise, not to make the decisions. And by the way, can, can I say, it's only the medical experts we have chosen. So there are yeah. one or two that we have chosen who are the ones that we're going by. There are medical experts all over the world who are equally, if not more qualified, who completely disagree with them. Correct, yeah. As far as Michael O'Leary goes, he's dead right as well. We're in a very different position than we were in January or February. The main reason why he's right is because we can now test everyone coming into the country. Not only that, everybody around the world is just after coming out of lockdown. Everywhere, everywhere. To, we don't take many tourists, let's say, from Brazil. But if we take in tourists from Germany, or if we take in tourists from New York, or if we take in tourists, tourists from Spain or Australia, they've all been in a lockdown. Every one of them have been now, not for two weeks like we were promised on the, at the start of this, in a three-month lockdown. So anyone who had this disease is over it. And now they're immune because it's a coronavirus and that's the way coronaviruses work. You know, it's not... Well, there, there, is, there is a new scientific suggestion. Now, again, I, I'm not a scientist mm. or a doctor, but I was reading information there during the week by this guy. Hopefully we'll have him on the air during the week. But, but uh, talking in relation to... The evidence now suggests that maybe if you've had the flu or a cold or those kind of symptoms in the last three years, that you may have antibodies which are not picked up from coronavirus tests, which essentially mean that you may be actually immune to it, but that because those antibodies are very similar to the antibodies for COVID-19. So you may actually have some level of immunity, and that's why the virus is automatically suppressing everywhere in the world. And experts did, by the way, some experts predicted this four weeks ago, the virus would just disappear itself. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's limited as to how many people can actually contract it. Yes, and I think most people in Ireland probably have had some degree of it, don't even know it. I'd say once they do the antibody test, they'll be shocked at how many people are already immune to it. And as a coronavirus, it, like all of these flus and colds, this is a very serious one and it's a killer and it's all these things. Yes. And I'm yeah. not saying it's not but it acts in the same way. So there is that level of immunity to this strain, this year, whatever it is, and people have it. So the people coming into the country will already be in the same boat as that as well. But, does it, but, it, but it does come down to choice as well. And, and the, the point I'm making is, you know, in Ireland, and I hate to keep using Dan Brown's article all the time, but if you're under the age of 65, for example, you have more chance of dying in a car accident in this country. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I was thinking about sort of people who go to you know, Duns or Tesco's and they're going around panicking with their masks on and everything else. And I understand why people have fear because we've instilled that fear or social condition, that yeah. fear into them over the last nine weeks. But realistically, you know, your 40-year-old woman with a mask on her in Tesco's is more likely to be killed in her car going home from well, Tesco's. That's so, right. Uh, which, is, which is shocking that we have put that much fear into people that they believe that they're more at risk actually in Tesco's than they are in their car. Um, this, disease, this disease has been blown out of proportion. First of all, it's, it's been described as a killer disease. That which it, which it is it, for a certain it, section of the population. But, but only for those who don't work. I mean, the vulnerable people who are dying from it are in care homes. They're past work and they're retired. They're in care homes. And they, but uh, they should have been protected people. from day one. Yeah, of course they should have. And that's the real disgrace in all this. But that'll come out later on. I mean, you heard them there charging on that guy who shares my own name in the Dáil Committee there yesterday. Yes, They yeah. all read the Riot Act with him, even though he just came out and said, listen, you know, you kept all the PPE for yourselves and you refused point blank to share it with anyone. And, well, should we uh, hear Marcus De Bruyne the other day saying they wouldn't even give him oxygen? 
at one point without him re- without him returning the empty bottles. Yeah. So we so had people literally scrambling to, to try and save people's lives and people essentially suffocating. Niall, the only people who were tested since this thing started was health officials and civil servants. I mean, let's call a spade a spade here. They circled the wagons around themselves and told the rest of the population, get not, get lost. Well, they, well, they changed, well in, in fairness, they did change the testing criteria well, at a very it, early stage. That, it's, a different, it's a different topic, I suppose, and it's all going to come out later. And I'm just shocked at the media. I'm so happy you're talking about it because the entire media is silent. That tells you we don't have a media. All these media outlets uh, are rubbish because they're not talking about well, it. I, I, well, I, I'm getting, I, unlike, and I'm starting to sound like a conspiracy theorist when it comes to RTE because I've watched RTEs, uh, like the Claire Byrne show, for example, which is like an advertisement for social distancing over the last mm. three weeks uh, with all the different demonstrations of how we're going to operate in our new normal. Um, yeah. And the new normal is not going to work. Because okay. if we do have a new normal and we all have to stay two metres from each other for the next whatever it is till we get a vaccine, we can kiss or ask about the economy. There won't be a vaccine. That's well known. There's no vaccine for anything. You might get a vaccine for a strain and we'll do it like the flu vaccine at the moment. But that's about as good as it'll get. But they have treatments. And the most important tool we have in our toolbox right now is we know who's vulnerable. And those vulnerable can be isolated. And I do agree with isolation. The social distancing, great. We should always be washing our hands. You know, maybe this is going to do one good thing. Everyone will now at least wash their freaking hands every now and again. And all this is going to help in the long run. But we are not in the same position as we are in January with all this social distancing, with the hand washing, with the hand sanitizers, with the knowledge, with the fear of people coughing and all that. We now have the chance to protect ourselves way more than we had in January. As well as that, with the tests that we didn't have then, we can test people coming in. All the people, unlike in January, people who are coming in from China and Italy had it in hotspots. Those hotspots now are well known, they're well protected. The people coming in from those areas who have been quarantined obviously don't have it. Why couldn't they do the quarantine in the country of origin? Why can't they say, if you've done a quarantine for two weeks or longer in your country, then you're welcome to come into Ireland. Why can't they say that? Why did they say, no, you've done three months quarantine? But you you know how barmy this is getting? I heard during the week, uh, I think it may have been Simon Harris, or somebody somebody from government, I'm not too sure, so don't don't call me, but I heard one of them actually, I think it was a news talk, uh, talking about the other options to quarantine would be to quarantine from certain countries. Like he said, are obviously our popular holiday spots like the Canaries, which weren't hit very badly. He said, we may not need to quarantine from places like that, for example. Maybe we should look at that. And I go, but hold on for a second. Why not? If you're going to say quarantine, you might as well do it for everywhere. Because if I can go to the Canaries, so is, you know, uh, some exactly. Helga from exactly. Germany. From Somebody's coming yeah. from Brazil. They're all going to the Canaries. So I mix them with all those people anyway. So what difference does it really make? So, exactly. so don't be picking and choosing countries unless you choose countries which are particularly bad that we could personally say we need to test everybody getting off that plane from that particular country. And I don't see a problem with that. We should be looking at vulnerable people. Handicapped people seem to have been badly treated on this as well. For some reason, people with diabetes, things like that. There is certain people in society which are more vulnerable and yes, they should step back. And, I, and I've got a text there from somebody very concerned. Says, and I'll, I understand what you're trying to say, uh, but I have a daughter who's in a very vulnerable situation. The lockdown is to protect her. And I say this with the greatest respect to your daughter, and I hope your daughter is healthy and remains healthy and is okay. But you can't lock down an economy and, an, and a population for sick people. What, those, what we need to do is protect those sick people. And those sick people also need to obviously lock down personally themselves, cocoon or isolate to protect themselves. But you can't lock down everybody else to do that. 
that doesn't make any that doesn't make any logical sense. You're talking out of emotion, and I understand that your daughter and I appreciate that, and I really genuinely believe, and I hope she's okay uh, no, during this difficult dur- time. During during this lockdown, vulnerable people died. Absolutely, during the lockdown, people died yesterday according to the numbers. And I don't even believe those numbers because you know what? The numbers are all over the place. Oh, actually, they died in March. You know, they'll come out and tell you that, you know. So we don't even know if nobody died yesterday or whether 100 people died yesterday. We haven't a clue because the numbers are so unbelievable at the moment, the way they're coming out. But the truth is, people died in this country during the lockdown, in the lockdown, in social care settings, in hospital settings, where they were supposed to be monitored. And that guy on that that, that uh, old age place, uh, Tyke, what's his name? Yes. Uh, came out oh, yeah. in, in the committee yesterday. Yeah. Yes, in the NEFA committee. He came out and he said, we asked for patients to be tested before introducing them into an enclosed and protected environment like a nursing home. And the HSE said no. So the people not protecting you right now are actually the HSE. Okay, but stay there a second because Ruth, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Ruth? Hi, Matt. How are you? Is it, is it time to remove this, a lot of people are saying, ridiculous quarantine rule that will essentially stifle tourism and make, well, basically closes our borders. It says Ireland is closed for business. Uh... You know, well, uh, Helena, I suppose, asked me what, what did I think about Michael O'Leary. Did I agree with him? Yeah, and well, that's I what think, he was saying, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think his uh, his viewpoint of it might be slightly biased in that he's going to start losing money shortly. Well, of course. He's uh, skin in the game, hasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, but, but um, it, it is a difficult one because, yeah, I mean, we could lift, lift the lockdown stuff and everyone could be grand, you know, or, or the people who are the most vulnerable you know, just need to make sure that they protect themselves. But there's so much interaction with people in Ireland. Um, you know, I mean, everybody, we're, we're such a sociable crowd that as soon as restrictions are lifted, everyone's going to want to congregate together again. I think people and are doing that right now anyway. Th- I know they're doing that. Yeah, well, they're numpties, aren't they? Well, no, I, I, when, when you say they're numpties, they're human beings and that's what we do. And if you look yeah. at, say, the last four weeks, right, uh, the first, I remember the first four weeks, everybody was very strict about it, right? The last four weeks, there's been a massive amount of complacency and people are meeting each other, they're, teenagers are out meeting their friends. I'm now hearing of, you know, grannies hugging grandkids again and they're being complacent. But it hasn't changed anything. It is actually, it, the, the numbers are still getting better. The debt rate is still dropping. So all this complacency hasn't had any effect whatsoever on the virus itself. So in other words, it looks like the virus is just going away anyway, thankfully. Well, well, I mean, we we don't know yet as to whether it's having any effect because it's there, there, you know, it can still show up for a couple of weeks. So, um, and, and, you know, I mean, there's there's plenty of people who walk around the country, you know, not vaccinated from measles and never get the measles. But that doesn't mean that if they go into a group with people, who, with somebody who has it, that they're not going to get it. But I mean, throughout the lockdown, we've had a, a large percentage of the population still working. I'm still working. You've got Garda still working. You've got pe- maintenance people still working, ESB and all those kind of nurses and doctors and everybody moving around the community, people working in shops. And the numbers still dropped. They're all still yeah, working. Yeah, because... Yeah, because people were were social distancing, people were wearing masks, people were taking proper precautions, and people weren't going places unless they had to. Mm-hmm. But I mean, okay, getting back to the quarantine, do you do you think lifting the quarantine is is the biggest is one of the biggest problems in the world? I mean, when you think about the majority of other countries in Europe, they've already said there will be no quarantine after at, at the latest July the first. Some are saying June, some are saying Spain is, for example, July the first. Because they want to get tourism and their countries running again. Do you think? Do you see that as a huge risk? 
Um, to be honest, I think the way that Ireland is doing it and doing it gradually and um, that constant little reminder that, look, lads, if this doesn't look like it's working, we are going to have to step back. Um, I think that's the right way to do it. I but think we, have, we also have to look at business. We have to look at people who are out of work who may never get their jobs back. So yeah. we, we, have to be, we have to balance it. And a lot of countries have looked at Ireland and said, you're taking too long, lads. I mean, why the hell are you taking three months to do it for? It's but, back in March, but back in March, they were looking at us saying, why the hell are you closing everything? Mm-hmm. And, yet, and, and yet, if we hadn't have closed everything, we would be looking at a lot higher figures um, well, been well, announced every according to, well, according to the government, we would. We don't know that. Some experts have said we wouldn't have been. Oh, because okay, because yeah. realistically, the majority of people died. All died in care homes anyway. And that was, yeah. was inevitably going to happen when we didn't protect them. So Okay, we don't categorically know that. But at the same time, I'd rather not know that that was going to happen. And we look back on our lads, why, why didn't we close yeah. down quickly? Sorry, sorry, go ahead, uh, Tyke. It's just Sweden's experience. They didn't shut down and they have about the same numbers as us. So we do know there's lots of countries around the world that don't shut down. But this curve seems to be the same everywhere. You know, and I know everybody uses Sweden as an example. And it is a good example because they have a higher older population. So they were bound to have a few more deaths than we had anyway. Uh, They've doubled the population that we had. And if you look at the figures, we're actually doing worse than them when you take into consideration the elderly population. And yet they didn't close really anything. Um, all the, the only thing they did was they stopped large gatherings of people. In other words, big gigs and events and stuff like that. And they advised people to social distance. But we talked to a barman on the air the other night who's working in Sweden and he said nobody's even wearing masks. Uh, so in saying that, it does kind of poo-poo's the arguments that the lockdown works when you see a country that, where the lockdown, there wasn't a lockdown and they had the same result. It's, it's kind of confusing everybody at this stage, I think. Uh, okay, the question I'm simply asking is, Michael O'Leary, is he right? He's saying that the uh, quarantine measures that we have, that we've implemented, should be removed because it makes air travel and tourism impossible. Like, nobody is going to go to Spain on holidays when Michael O'Leary and Aer Lingus start flying again and other airlines. No one's going to go to Spain on holidays uh, to come back and have to quarantine for 14 days. She'll need a month off work just to go away for two weeks. That's the end of tourism. I'm sure Borfal should be delighted, of course, because we'll be all staying in Ireland, holidaying in hotels all over Ireland. But maybe some people just don't want to do that. Somebody given out to me here. Uh, what a load of biased you-know-what have been tuning in on my paper round for elderly cocooners for the last few weeks. Instant switch off. Never to return. Goodbye. What did I say bad about elderly people? If anything at all, for the last half an hour, if you had me taken the wax out of your ears and listened, I've been saying we should be protecting them more. We should be doing more for them. We've completely ignored them. We've abandoned the elderly in this country in the last nine weeks. We've let them die. You're clearly not listening to me. Carl, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Carl? No, nice to talk to you again. I'll, I'll make my points very quickly. Um, I was listening. I agree, I agree with everything you said, and obviously what Michael O'Leary has said today is, is, has hit the news big time. But I was listening this morning to your man Scally was on. Isn't that right? And he, and he, he said that he wouldn't get into what he classified. He didn't even call it an aeroplane. He said a metal box. Yes. And... Um, uh, but I was very surprised and taken aback. He was on with Louise O'Reilly, and she 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 kind of backed him up. Was against O'Leary, and uh, not, I didn't expect her to be pro O'Leary, but she was against the whole thing that she was saying opening up, and has actually went on to say that a lot of her constituents, and I presume people who voted for her, who had had been appealing to her and saying, when when can I get back to work? When I can, when can I get out? When can I relieve some of this mental and stress that's on me? Yeah. And and she still 
still, after all that, and you would have thought Sinn Féin would have been the opposition, as there's no other opposition, yeah. kind of was, oh, gently, gently, now I know all these people are suffering, but they all say they know now, but they really don't know, because they're no, not I'm, really look, well, I, I had Mary. ten weeks, you'd know what it's all about. And Niall, yeah. may I also say, I never yeah. got a chance to say it to you yesterday, I was absolutely taken aback when I heard an interview with your man Sam, Sam McConkey, isn't it? Yeah, Sam McConkey, yes. Yeah, he was on the other day, Niall, and I just could not believe what I was listening to. He was so matter-of-fact about all other illnesses, including that one that you were discussing yesterday with Vicky Velen. Mm. And I'm sitting there listening to this, and he's kind of, it's kind of a three or four-week deferral, no problem at all. Not, not, not that, as you even said, we're going to get a deferral. You, 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 there's nothing being done I, at all, is there, now? Yeah, well, I do find when I'm listening to experts, um, you know, or scientific experts or medical experts, and not just Sam McConkey and Luke O'Neill and all the other ones that you will see regularly on RTE, I do find that um, there's a very monotone, I suppose, aspect to what they're saying. In other words, they don't look at it from a different point of view. They look at it from a scientific point of view and nothing else really matters. So I I don't think, you know, the economics of it is not their department and it's not their speciality. So they don't get involved in it. But unfortunately, the economics of it will also take lives too. So, I mean, but they don't look at it from that point of view. But there is equally, and I have to say this, they're only the experts that we've listened to, um, which in many times, uh, you know, not those two particular ones, but some other ones have come across like the Grim Reapers. And, you know, there are as many experts and scientifically qualified people around the world who said quite the opposite. But for some reason, we're not allowed to listen to those. We get the same ones on the station day in, day out now. You never get seen to get anyone else. Well, well, I've tried my best over the last nine weeks. They're on everything from morning, morning, noon and night. Well, look, we've spoken to Luke and we've spoken to Sam McConkie, we've spoken to many other experts in this country who agree with those. We've also, I hope, and I think people are happy to hear that we do speak to other ones that disagree with them, unlike Ortier, who won't do that. No. Uh, well, well, okay, so you agree with Michael O'Leary, so we should remove this um, quarantine, you believe? I, I believe now that everybody who wants to try to get back to work should be given a very good opportunity and should be helped to get back. And by, by two metres is out. I spoke to you yesterday in Ireland, we discussed it, I said to you, I've, I've been travelling around Ireland since 1971, so I have a pretty good idea. And after the last recession, I noticed all the staff in a lot of the shops went, and there was just one person behind the counter, the owner. He couldn't afford to pay any staff. So one by one by one, people lose their jobs if they don't have the money in the till at the end of the week to pay everyone. And what do you say to people who would be scared and say, you know, Carl, you're playing with people's lives here. If we lift the quarantine rules, people will be coming in from other countries around the world and all it takes is one or two people with COVID-19 to start the whole thing again, which I don't believe is the case, by the way, because even the WHO has said there won't be a second wave. But, but, But those people still have that fear. Well, I, gee, Niall, you've got me there. I suppose I, I need somebody a cleverer than I to be able to understand exactly where, where they're coming from and is everyone safe or should they be tested and all the rest of it. I cert- certainly you're not going to get anybody coming in to, to, into the hospitality field if they have to spend two weeks in quarantine. No, well, no, no one's going to go on holidays to Ireland. <laughs> so why would you want to go on holidays anywhere if you spend two weeks sitting in a hotel looking at the four walls? Stay there for a second because I want to go to Denise as well. Denise, you're in Classic Hits. How are you doing, Denise? Hi, yes, uh, Niall. Um, I think we need to lift the work quarantine. Um, I, to be honest with you, I understood why the government did this in the beginning, but I think... Well, they, well, they didn't do it in the beginning. Here's the thing. They only did it last week. It's a well, bit, they, bit late well, now. They all to quarantine for weeks on end. Mm. Um, and, but we can see the way they're, it's behaving, the virus is behaving. And I mean, as I said, um, I have a son last year, that 13-year-old boy, that nearly died from diabetes. Now, I did a bit of research on diabetes because of that. And 4,300 people every day, every year, die of diabetes in this world. We have much higher risks out there than this virus. 
this isn't this isn't a huge risk to us. It's a it's a small risk. Well, it's a small to risk to most people, but it is a huge risk to some people who are in vulnerable categories. And yeah. vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the elderly, they need to. They, like I was just working in a nursing home. They couldn't get PPE equipment because their their supplier was told to supply HFE only. Mm. Oh, well, the government have known about this since January, or before that even, actually, since, you know, earlier reports in early January. So I don't know why we weren't stocking up on PPE like many other countries were at that particular point as well. Uh, thank you for that. Lots of people, by the way, texting in, just to clarify as well, that, you know, in this talk about a second wave, just to clarify, the, the WHO said they didn't say, I suppose, that they believed that there won't be a second wave, but it's looking less likely now and looking very unlikely that there'll be a second wave. So all this talk or doomsday talk of a second wave is scaring the living bejeepers out of people, isn't it? Um, how is now, just a quick question. Like, if planes are flying, like, how do you wear a mask on a flight fully? And if you take the mask off while you're drinking and eating, is that not the fine wearing the mask? It's going to be too stuffy wearing a mask for such a long flight. I just don't understand that. Unless they have masks with little holes in them, I suppose, the way you shove the food through. Hi. I'm actually thinking and hoping to go to Spain in uh, September. So I hope everything is be lifted and we'll be running by then. And I think, yes, I think Leo Varadka has is taking this thing far too far. I absolutely agree with you. Good afternoon, Niall. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Finally, somebody prepared to tell the truth and tell it as it is. So a lot of media organisations won't even let you on with a comment like that. Keep up the good work, Doyle. I agree with everything you're saying. We are strangling this country. We are destroying our young population in this country. And it's wrong. And as you said, by a bunch of people we never elected. Thanks very much, Doyle. Keep up the good work. Your old buddy, Trucker Jay. Trucker Jay. Huh? Good man, Trucker Jay. Good afternoon, Noel. For once, Michael O'Leary, I agree with him. I think he's right. Um, the economic fallout of this is going to be massive. Um, I work in... Um, at Dublin Airport, and at this stage, I'm starting to worry that I might not have a job to go back to. You know, it's going to be a huge recession, and some pubs, restaurants, etc., which won't even open again. But also, the rules the rules are contradicting themselves. I go for a walk every day, I'm only allowed to go 5k. I go on my own, I social distance. Once I get to be 5k limit, if I go beyond that, I break the law. However, last night, I went out with three friends of mine to a golf course, and we walked around, kept the distance. We went over 5k and that's allowed. So I can go in a group of four of us and I can go over 5k and that's allowed. But I can't go for a walk on my own because I'm breaking the law. Isn't that just bizarre? Sooner or better this is all over because uh, we, we all need to get a bit of structure back in our lives. You're right. The restrictions don't make any sense. If you're going for a walk and you want to go further than 5k, I suppose the, the tip is put a golf club over your shoulder. Pretend you're going for a game of golf and then you probably get away with it because the guards said they were unsure how they were going to actually enforce that. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.